Welcome to C-Suite Radio. What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to Experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. It's time for another edition of The Brett Allen Show. It's go time, you and me! Join us weekly for the latest pop culture interviews from your favorite TV shows, movies, comedians, and so much more. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie to you, it felt good. Plus, you never know who will drop by. What happened here was a miracle. Now, here is your host. I said throw down, boy. Welcome to the night's main event. Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of The Brett Allen Show. Today, we are chatting with the multi-talented actor Rick Cosnett. Um, If you've seen The Vampire Diaries, if you've seen Quantico, if you've seen The Flash, uh, then you know who our guest is. And if you don't, you're going to get to know him. Uh, he's just a very fascinating individual, and he's had a really good career. Uh, thank you for your time. It's a pleasure to meet you. Thanks, Brett. It's good to be here. What an introduction. Well, it's all very true. And I mean that because you have just been a part of some really cool projects um, going all the way back to the beginning, as they say. Uh, But I'm very interested and I like to ask this question of people right out of the gate is what what sort of interested you in becoming an actor or becoming a storyteller? Where did that process or journey begin for you, uh, Rick? Yeah, but again, very young for me. Um, my parents used to do um, theater uh, in Kodoma, which is um, a town next to the town where I grew up, which is Chigutu in Zimbabwe. Yes. And, um, you know, I was just looking actually at someone's pictures uh, because they went back there recently. Um, and it really took me, took me back. But, you know, I think... Just as a child, I could have really grown up anywhere, but um, I was lucky enough to grow up there. And um, I always wanted to be an actor. I always wanted to tell stories. I always wanted to show people how it felt, the things that I experienced and smelt and touched and felt. Um, I wanted people to feel that, you know. um, I wanted to be a part of these shows. They used to be a variety shows and, Gilbert and Sullivan's with costumes and lights and, um, you know, at the Campbell Theatre. And, yeah, so I was probably about three years old and I was always entertaining my family, putting on shows of Mrs. Tiggy Winkle from Beatrix Potter, for example, was probably my earliest work um, on the veranda. So, yeah, always dancing and singing and just, I mean, it was kind of like... (laughs) Probably quite obvious if you saw this little creature that I, that I was. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Is there footage out there of this? That's going to be the next question. I think people are going to well, have a long, long time ago. So there's a lot less, uh, you know, evidence. Although I shouldn't say that, really. You know, now that I, I catch myself, because 
growing up as well, you know, in, in the eighties in Zimbabwe, it was, it was very strange to be a very feminine young boy. Um, and so I think I always, I always think, Oh God, you know, when I, when I, when I used to see home videos of myself, I used to think, Oh my God, is that really me? I mean, everyone does that anyway, but it was more because I was called a girl at school and, and all that stuff. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I kind of wish there was. Now it would be hard to watch. <laughs> um, I don't know. Maybe it's yeah, for the best that it's buried. <laughs> what did you say? I said it's maybe best that it's buried, right? I don't know. I I, I watch old <laughs> home movies of myself uh, growing up, you know, in the 80s and doing performances and things and, and all of that and sort of going, it makes sense, you know, why I do what I do now, I would go around and interview family members and just put on performances. Uh, I think my brother and I did puppet shows to like Dolly Parton's nine to five. And just, Oh my God, that's amazing. We would have been great friends. Yeah, I think we would have. Yeah. Yeah. And, and going through similar things throughout middle school and high school. And, you know, it's just, it's kind of interesting though, how those things shape us and make us who we are as individuals and, and probably even to the point, where it informs you just as an actor and as a storyteller and, and maybe, you know, a lot of those things. So I, I've, I've been a big fan for years of just learning to embrace that stuff. And um, again, for me, there's no, no criminating footage of all of this. I think it's all on eight millimeter film somewhere. I don't know where <laughs> um, yeah. it's probably for the best that it's not out there. Um, so what was the conversation like with family when you decided or were old enough to sort of make the leap? Did you come to the States with your family? Was it early on or was it because you wanted to be an actor or was there other things that brought yeah, you here um, and sort of opened the door to becoming an actor? We actually uh, moved, immigrated to Australia in 2000 okay. as a family and I was 16 and I went to finish school there, went to drama school in Australia and lived there for six years in Sydney. And it was really, I was really trying to get to New York or London, really um, being a young blonde ambition, <laughs> being someone full of that, I think. Um, but I, I, you know, I, I, I never really thought I'd end up in Los Angeles, but um, that's where I ended up because I met this teacher uh, in in Sydney who's from LA and an acting teacher and a life coach and he really helped me prepare myself mentally I think for for what's required um, you know what was required of me to get over my own sure. um, my own limitations that I was putting on myself and that was really helpful and amazing and it really um, was the catalyst for me moving to um, LA. And then I was here for a few years um, before I got my first big role, um, which was on the Vampire Diaries. Okay, that was my next question. So that was really yeah. like, did you do commercials and things like that prior, or were yeah. you just going out and auditioning and then the Vampire Diaries? A lot Diaries of auditioning, and- a lot of, uh, you know, I did a pilot that didn't get picked up. Um, it's a sitcom pilot was so much fun. Um, and you know, it, it, I, my first job, I think, was an Acura car commercial, and I had an accident on the 101 on the way to the lot. Oh, ironic, <laughs> yeah. And they were not very forgiving when I arrived late either. Usually, they're not, no. Uh, 
yeah. And also it was funny because I was going to do the commercial and I was driving the car in the commercial and I was like, wow, they didn't even ask me for my driver's license. And I also just had an accident on the way here. But I, and then I was, I was, you know, I was doing these kind of um, crazy, uh, this crazy, crazy driving through the New York streets at Warner Brothers. Um, little did they know that, like, you know, I can't, <laughs> I'm not really like, I, I always have to drive a car or throw things um, because I can act like I can very well. Um, whereas in, in reality, you know, it's really not my, my cup of tea. <laughs> I pulled it off. Um, yeah, it worked out it, well. <laughs> but yeah, I, you know, and then I got very close to things. I almost got a part on, um, you know, the, the originals and, and all these other shows that didn't didn't go. And, and then nearly got a part on Days of Our Lives for five years. Um, very upset about that. And then I got the part of the Vampire Diaries a few weeks later. So I think... Um, I was just very lucky as well that I got on a show that was already so popular. And um, that was like, looking back, like such uh, an anomaly, really. Yeah. It really was. And I remember, you know, going to Comic-Cons during that time when that show was popular, meeting different cast members, um, you know, Ian and Daniel and all these different people mm -hmm. that were on this show. But really, like, there's a lot of good television out there at that time. But that show in particular was part of, like, this time capsule where it was kind of a different show, which I'm, I'm surprised, honestly. That's not one that, uh, you know, a Netflix or an HBO or a Hulu has tried to pick and sort of sort of revamp it a little bit because it was that yeah. popular, you know, and it, and it was just kind of different than what people were used to. It's so, it, it is, it's crazy. I mean, I just went to a Vampire Diaries, big Vampire Diaries convention um, last weekend. And oh, I bet fans go crazy when they see Crazy. Uh, people had, some people had my outfits from the show that they bought I'm on sure. auction and had me signed. Um, and it was, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's crazy. Like it lives on and on and on. And they've got like a big, tour uh, vampire diaries convention tour happening like um this year and next year and um yeah it's very cool like how the longevity of it is amazing yeah and people just embraced me even before i've been on the show which i i think was also a very good lesson for me when it came to you know fame or whatever you want to call it um in terms of just having people uh recognize and acknowledge you like uh people hadn't even seen my pic they hadn't even seen me act yet <laughs> and on twitter and they were just saying i love you i love you i love you it's been a, a announced that i was on the show which i thought was really sweet and um i was like hang on <laughs> like how do you how do you love me yet you know what i mean like they were just so kind of like willing to to kind of give me the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, kind of well when you're dealing in that tween demographic, <laughs> you know, like right. it's, it's a projection. It's a projection regardless, you know what I mean? And even still, like getting introduced to fame or whatever you want to call it, public recognition is kind of like, you know, that's kind of a big deal. And then when you go on a show like that and then you continue to have success, um, you know, that's a testament of your abilities and likability and all the bajillion things that go into, 
you know, being an actor, because this world that you live in, it can be very unforgiving. So you you get the Vampire Diaries. That's very successful. Sadly, a lot of people were like the show ends. There were copycats of that show that people tried to do that just didn't really like launch. Um, and then you you move on and you get Quantico. And then, of course, The Flash. You've had very massive highlights uh, in your career. So when you go from one of these shows to another and you're on them for a long period of time, let's kind of wind back to the Vampire Diaries. And now you're going out to find work again. Was it hard to sort of break out of that mold of what people saw you as, as far as like, you know, being these types of characters, or was it quite easy to kind of shed that and just go out and continue to audition? Yeah, well, I think, you know, it was my third audition after I died on the Vampire Diaries was for The Flash and everything was in alignment in terms of the fact that I'd auditioned for this casting director a thousand times. And um, it was also the CW again, um, so I knew I kind of had a chance. And so I put my heart and soul into it so much so that I was, after the first audition, so shell-shocked um, that it was over that I just burst into tears um, driving home <laughs> because I was so unsure about what they thought. Um, but in hindsight, it was, it was great. Um, but I'm the worst judge sometimes of, of my... I'm a bit of a perfectionist. Uh, sure. So um, to answer your question, which I completely forgot because. This well, is I so mean, just I, you, you basically did. You're fine. Yeah. Just kind of like oh, yeah. being very fortunate to yeah. get the so then, flash. Uh, I was going to say, sorry. Yeah. Um, so it was actually the, the producers um, and the casting director who were really um, instrumental in actually creating a different character for me. Because at first I was playing Eddie, my character on the flash um in the audition it was really easy i just loved him so much but you know it was really easy to make him a bit of an asshole um and obviously my character on the vampire Diaries was diabolical asshole um that's so an understatement but yeah <laughs> they, said, <laughs> they said you know lean it lean in the customer does actually come out of the bathroom just before one of the final tests and he's like okay they just they really want you to just be as nice as possible like just as and i was like I can do that. I can totally do that. Um, so, you know, we, we made Eddie so irritatingly awesome and so likable and, and lovely and sweet. And it really brought out the best in me. And um, I wish I was that person. I, I try to be. I think Eddie is so rises above everything. And he is like, we have a family friend who's exactly like him. I kind of based him up a little bit. He's just really popular at school, just good at sports, able um and always there to help you know we'll build a deck and like you know renovate a house and then go to work you know and eddie's that person eddie's that cop eddie's that detective who's he's just you know absolutely solid like just a very even keeled um awesome fun funny person um so yeah that's not me but i i think you know it's a part of me um sure try to lean into it as much as I can. And it's great they continue to bring the character back. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that's yeah. one of the things that's so fascinating about that show is, you know, even if they bring somebody back as a different type of character, but we go, oh, I've seen that person before, but it's great because that just, it's fun because fans become, you know, connected to you. Um, unless it's like Vampire Diaries where you get killed off. And even then they would still bring people back and be like, 
you know totally. how, how does this work there was another show around that time the secret circle i don't know if you ever saw that but it was i remember that very yeah. similar i think it was more witches than vampires but it was clearly uh an attempt to copycat what you guys had done <laughs> i think it was on like one of the competitive networks um right. but it's great i mean you just had a really good career um and now sort of because of where you're at now and people know who you are and family, what do parents, family think about what you're doing? Are they like, wow, he actually did it. You know what I'm saying? Like he made it and is successful and byproduct being on television. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, they're absolutely thrilled. And so um, incredibly supportive. Uh, like, and I'm so touched by it as well. You know, like my dad, you know, has collected things like of of, of me, you know, for, for so long now, um, which is so cool. And like, you know, especially when, um, you know, they're retired now, but like, you know, when he, he used to work, work, he would go out like Western Australia to work um, and he would have some clients just kind of freak out or want a picture for their, for their daughter or son or, you know, and that to me was like so, so special. Um, and order, also because, you know, they've been through, obviously, <laughs> like any parent, all the hard times with me. And also the times of like, oh my God, please don't be an actor, please be a lawyer. Um, you know, and I was so adamant. And there were some times there where it was like, oh gosh, you know, and, you know, back in the day, you know, they'd really supported me. And so I think. Yeah, for them especially, I think it's been a huge um, win. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, just yeah. uh, that's how I define success. You know what I mean? Doing the things that you love. If you're getting paid for it, that's even better. Uh, but really, just creating a life. One last question: I see a piano behind you. Do you? Yeah. Do you play often? Do you practice all, or is it just is that for decoration? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I do actually. I played okay. since I was seven, seven years old. I knew you had played. Uh, I just wasn't sure if you still played or not. But that's very cool. Yeah. So I, I, I. Luckily, I thanks to my parents as well, um, and some amazing teachers along the way. I pushed all the way through to um, when I was seventeen. I did my grade eight, um, which is in in Zimbabwe um, with the Royal School of Music. It's like the the, the highest grade you can go. Um, <laughs> Sounds like I'm really tuning my own horn, but it was a lot of practice. And so I kind of finished it, you know, and so you never really lose it after that. I think if you, if I quit one or two years earlier, I might've lost it, but um, it's kind of like riding a bike now, but there's still like pieces that I used to be able to play that I would need to practice um, quite profusely in order to play. Um, but, you know, I just, I try, I try to keep it up as much as I can. Yeah. I love it. Well, I tell you, this has been a lot of fun. I appreciate your time. And uh, I know you have a few things uh, coming up in the works. I don't know how accurate uh, IMDB is these days, but I see you have a few irons in the fire. So uh, that's very exciting. But uh, I, I thank you, Rick, for your time. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. Yeah, you too, Brett. It's been really fun. Thanks for listening and being a part of today's conversation. Thank you! If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider sharing it with a friend. It's absolutely free. A major proportion. The views and opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect those of the host.
And remember, we care.